And tonight, someone needs to hear the truth of the reality that Jesus' scars tell stories, but it's not just any ordinary story. It's the greatest story that was ever told. Because we see in this passage of Scripture that Jesus, He comes on the scene and He meets with His disciples. But His disciples were locked away in a door Through the door comes Jesus. Now, this isn't just Jesus appears and pops open the door. No, it says the door was locked, yet Jesus appeared. And then he would go on to reveal his scars to his disciples. He would show his hand and he would show his side. And I want to put before you today something about this moment with Jesus. Because when the disciples had an interaction with him, he would have probably looked the same. His cadence would have been the same. His his mannerisms would have been the same. But the one distinct difference about Jesus in this moment was that Jesus had scars. You see, Jesus, if you don't know the story, was put through a brutal death. He was hung upon a cross, nails through his feet and through his side of his arms and his hand pierced through the side of his body. And through that, Jesus would ultimately die. And he would defeat death and come again alive. And this is where we find in the story that Jesus is with his disciples, but he has scars. The first thing I want you to observe from this is that Jesus moves towards pain and brings peace. You see, it says in verse 19, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. You see, the disciples were in fear of persecution because they had seen and witnessed Jesus die and there was persecution upon the followers of Jesus. So they're hiding away and locked away, gathered together. And Jesus bursts through. In this moment, he appears And he says to them, peace be with you. And I just wanted to say to you tonight that Jesus does not run away from pain. He does not run away from fear. He doesn't run away from mess. But Jesus steps into this moment and he brings peace. And if we all all pause for a moment, and it's been said a million times, but in the craziness of 2020, the reality is that People are in pain. People are hurting. I don't know what this year has looked like for you, but maybe there's anxiety. Maybe there's worry about the future. Maybe there's concern. And I think in life, we feel like we need to hide it away. Or maybe you feel like there's too much mess. There's too many things going on in my life that God's not interested in that. God God, God doesn't have time for that. But someone tonight needs to hear that Jesus moves toward pain in this moment. He meets the disciples where he's at, but he brings peace. And I just wanted to go one step further and say, I know you've been in a conversation about racial reconciliation. and What would it look like if we were people who moved towards pain and brought peace? 
What would it look like if we were, the, we were the kind of people who stepped into tricky, difficult situations where it looks like there's too much going on, there's too much pain, there's too much heartache, but we say, no, I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to go straight towards it. I'm going to look at, look at the one who is in pain, who is in hurting and say, no, I'm coming towards you and I want to bring peace into this situation. Because we can't just keep standing to the side and say, no, that's someone else's problem to sort out. The reality is humanity is crying out for a generation to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do, live and follow his ways. And that means stepping into the hardship and the pain that people are facing and bring peace. Because the peace that Jesus talks about in this, in this moment is not just peace that the world has to offer. This is peace with God. This is peace with God. This is peace not from what the world has to offer, but this is peace that would surpass all understanding. And this moment where Jesus appears in the midst of his disciples, and you need to hear real quick that no door can push away the presence of God. That God will, His presence will come no matter how hard, no matter how locked the situation may be, His presence can enter that situation. But in this moment where there's chaos, where there's anxiety, where there's worry, Jesus says, peace be with you. And in all that disorder and all the chaos, Jesus brings his peace. But the beautiful thing is not only does Jesus bring his peace, who he is, not what the world has to offer, himself. He brings his scars. And this is what I want you to hear tonight, that there's this moment where they've seen Jesus hang upon that cross. Blood dripping, pain, brutality. And it doesn't go the way they thought it would go. And Jesus dies. But he doesn't stay dead and he appears in this moment. And he reveals to them his hands and he reveals his side. I think it's a beautiful picture as he reveals his scars to these people, his disciples, his open hands towards his people. And I think that's a beautiful picture of the posture of God. It is not arms fold, disappointed, looking down at you, but no, his arms are open. He says, will you see what I went through for you? That I went to great depths so that you and I could be in relationship. And someone tonight has a view and an image of God with arms fold, angry, looking down at you, saying, you've done too many things, you've made too many mistakes, but no, the beautiful picture of Jesus is his arms are open and he says, do you see my scars? Do you see them? Because Jesus' scars tell the greatest story that was ever told. The thing about scars is that there's all sorts of ones. There's scars we're happy about and we're proud about and we can tell a funny story. But there's also scars that we're ashamed of, that we're not proud of. Things in our life that, that have marked us. But the commonality thing between all scars is that they're in the past. All these scars and all these things are in the past. And the beautiful thing about scars is that God wants to do a redemptive work through them. 
And so my question to you today, no matter your scars, no matter your baggage, no matter your heartache, no matter the pain that you've been in, is Jesus included in your scars? Because I think so often when we go through heartache, when we go through pain, we maybe receive a wound, we go through real life drama, we can't deal with the wound because we want to hide it away. But can I say to you today that Jesus does not run far away, but he wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you through the heartache and through the pain that you've been through. And you don't have to hide your baggage off to the side, but Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at. And someone tonight needs to know that we were not created to do life in isolation, hide things off to the side, but we were created to do life in community, go through healing and go through life together. And so those scars and the baggage that you have that maybe you've never told anyone about, about that thing that happened to you when you were a child or the shame that you're carrying that no one knows about. The beautiful thing about moments like these, even though I can't see you, we're together. You came with friends and you came in community and what, what a beautiful thing that we can grow together fixated upon Jesus. And I want to say tonight that there's a difference between an open wound and a scar. Open wounds need to be dealt with. And maybe there's something ringing in your mind that it's like this hasn't been dealt with. Well, tonight it can. Jesus wants to meet with you tonight and I need you to know also you're not alone. But there's a community that cares deeply about you. You don't have to hide it anymore. But tonight you can bring this wound before Jesus. And say, God, Jesus, I've been carrying this for a long time. And I've been trying to do it in my own strength. But I can't do it anymore. And scars, they tell stories. But the beautiful thing is that scars can be turned for good. The scars of your past can radically impact someone else's future. God wants to do a redemptive work in and through your scars. You see, the Apostle Paul, he says this, For I am the least of the apostles, do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the, persecuted the church of God. Time out for a moment. This is the Apostle Paul writing, who, who was one of the key players in building the early church. Did many great things for God. Planted churches, saw many lives changed. But he says here, I should be the least of these. I don't deserve it. Because I persecuted the church. Literally, he was responsible and, and ordered for death to take place. He started out his journey trying to squish and demolish the church. But Jesus got a hold of his life and flipped it upside down that he'll go from trying to kill the church to build the church. And the beautiful thing is that God wants to take the scars, the heartache, the pain and put a redemptive work through it and take the mess and take the baggage and take the shame and work it for good. And we'll go on to say in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And I pray simply tonight that someone would hear 
that the grace of God can meet you in your mess? And what would it look like for us as a community to feel totally okay with who we are, the hardship, the pain, everything we've been through, and say, but because of the grace of God, I am what I am, so let me live my life for the good of others and following Jesus. What would it look like for us as a community to look and pursue the people around us and capture the heart of God, the grace that has been extended towards us, and love people well, Step into pain and bring peace and see redemptive work take, take place. Because we see this take place when, when we have scars, just like Jesus shows his scars to his disciples. It is the most beautiful picture of life coming from death. That life can spring from dead things. Jesus was dead and now is alive. And he shows his scars to these, his disciples in this story. And confidence rises within them. And I pray tonight that we would pause and think, what are the things we're wrestling with? What is the pain? What is the heartache? And will we trust that the grace of God would meet, meet us where we're at? You see, we all have scars and we all have stories. And I, I, that's what I wanted to share tonight because I want to tell a, a scar in my life. And I'll take a moment to be as vulnerable and as honest as I've probably ever been as a communicator before. And I want to leave some time on the back so that we can worship and meet with God. And so it might feel quick, but I believe that there's a power in a testimony and a power in a story. Because we all have scars. Four days before uh, 2018 Christmas, uh, it was uh, our last day in the office. Uh, we were at church. It was, it was, we were filming some videos. We were in the studio. And everyone was excited for going Christmas break. Um, and literally within four days, it would be Christmas. So everyone had their plans. Everyone was kind of mentally getting in that place, ready to go. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I looked at, looked at my phone and there was a text message from my dad. And it simply said this, Josh, please call. And another one comes through, Josh, please call. And so I text my dad, hey, can it just wait a few minutes? And he's like, no, we need to talk right now. So I walk out of the building and I call my dad and my heart's racing because my dad has never texted me that before. Please call, it's important. You've got to stop what you're doing. Call me now. So my heart's racing and my phone starts ringing and my dad answers the phone with a tone that I've never heard before from my dad. His voice is quivering, it's shaking sheepish I'm like dad what's going on he said Josh mom didn't wake up and I heard it I said what he starts weeping he's like Josh I'm so sorry mom didn't wake up 
at the time my grandparents were living with, with, my, with my family and I was like, Nan didn't wake up. He's like, no, Josh, your mom didn't wake up. I remember thinking to myself, like, what? what? I'm trying to comprehend what my dad is saying, but it doesn't make sense because my mom was healthy. She was young. She was totally fine. My dad's weeping on the other end of the phone like I never heard him before. He's like, Josh, I'm so sorry she didn't wake up. And I'm in, I'm in America living here and my family are on the other side of the world. I feel hopeless in this moment, trying to comprehend the reality that my mom didn't wake up. And all of a sudden, as I kind of starts to sink in, the most scoring, deep, excruciating pain that I've ever felt before just hits me like right to my core. I remember I just start weeping. Dad would go on to tell me the details and it was chaotic and he's like, the ambulance is coming here now, I gotta go. And my my grandmother, she gets on the phone, she's like, Josh, pray, pray, pray. And so I would hang up the phone and call Taylor and tell her the worst news I've ever had to tell. And I'll go and pick her up and say, just get a credit card. It doesn't matter how much it is. We need to get on the first flight to Australia now. I'm going tonight. They do everything they can to book a flight to Australia, but I couldn't go that night. I had to wait till the next morning. So I'll go home and two friends would come to my house that night. And I remember just crying and crying and crying and feeling angry and frustrated and just at God of like, how could this happen? I'll go to bed that night and just weep in my bed thinking about the reality that my mom was now gone and here I was stuck and just being angry that I was here and I couldn't be with my family. I woke up that next morning literally with my eyes so sore from how many tears I cried. We jump on a plane and we head to, the, head to Australia the next day. It takes forever to get there and I'm on the plane just thinking, trying to write down memories about my mom and trying to write out all my thoughts and we get to Australia I remember seeing the house my family house and thinking when I go in there she's not going to be there I walk inside and I hold my dad when I see him we have this embrace like we've never had before we whisper like we've got to get through this together A couple days would go by and we'd start to wrestle with the reality of what, what, what was going on. And then it was Christmas. I woke up early that morning to go sit next to the seat where my mom always sat. And it'd been a few days now and I remember feeling so much pain, yet peace that didn't make sense to me. Because all the things that I believed about God to be true were being put to test in this moment. I had this moment where I thought to myself, that Jesus, you literally bring peace in the midst of the most chaotic pain that I've ever experienced. 
And it was a moment I'll never forget as, as I'm thinking about the reality, literally about this text of Jesus defeating death. So I, in the midst of pain and chaos, have a confidence and a hope that I will see my mom again, that because Jesus defeated death, I have a hope in Jesus. And so I'm sitting here on Christmas morning thinking, I have hope when it doesn't seem like I should have hope. A few months will go by and it would be my birthday. And I remember people telling me the first are always the hardest. And it definitely is true. I remember waking up that morning and I'd been so anxious and worried about this day for a while because one, two things that I knew weren't going to happen. I wasn't going to get a text or I wasn't going to get a call from my mom on my birthday saying happy birthday. I remember going and getting away to a quiet place because I didn't want to see any people and I was just praying and honestly crying. And, but I was thinking about the same thing. Jesus, I trust you, but I'm so angry, honestly. I said, would you give me a promise? Would you give me a hope? And I felt this whisper. And it felt so corny at the time, but this idea of life from death. And it's a promise that is true, that Jesus gives life from death. So I took that and a few months later, I'm sitting across from the table with Taylor and she slides a pregnancy test across the table from me and says, we're pregnant. One of the greatest joys in my life hits me in that moment because I'm going to have a son. But I'm going to have a son knowing that he would be my mom's legacy. And that this was life out of a death, out of a dead situation. Fast forward some more and literally on the 12 month anniversary of the day in which my mom passed away. I'm sitting in a doctor's office almost to an out to the hour. And I'm looking at a screen. And I'm seeing a little baby and a heartbeat that literally God was bringing life from a dead situation. And I remember sitting here, mind blown, that I had hope when I desperately had this pain that I missed my mom. But I'm looking at this life on a screen, knowing that this life is a representation of a greater story. That this life, I have hope because my son, yes, he may not be meeting my mom right now, but will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, with me, with my family. That there's hope in Jesus. Because this story would not have hope if it weren't for the scars of Jesus. You see, the reality is that because of Jesus' scars, it tells the greatest story that the world could ever know. That death has no sting. It has no victory that the pain that you're going through, it's real, friend. It's real. But you need to know tonight that God is a redeemer. He works things for good. And someone needs tonight to let faith rise that you might be going through a hard thing right now, but let me promise you this. Because of Jesus, you can have hope. Because He defeated death. And it might be hard right now. Or there may be hard days ahead. But because of the scars of Jesus, it will tell the greatest story that the world has ever heard. And we're living in that today. And in this story that we read that the disciples were sent out, 
And I just believe tonight that something's going to shift in this moment as we're about to sing. That it says that the, the disciples were sent out and confidence and conviction within them went deep because they had seen the scars, so therefore they went. And I just believe, and if I can speak this over Clemson FCA, that when you see the scars of Jesus, confidence and conviction will rise. And so would we be people who see the scars of Jesus and have an eternal hope because He brings life from death? I know everyone is maybe seated right now, but I would ask, could you stand with me for a moment? Because we're about to worship. I know it might, you might be in your truck or whatever, and it might feel a little bit awkward. It might be a little bit cold, but I want to take a moment right now as we're about to sing to just create a little bit of space to pause and think for a moment. Are there scars in my life that need to be dealt with? Would you close your eyes right now all across the field? And just simply ask, is there anything in my life right now that I need to deal with and just confess to God and say, God, I need help here because I believe He wants to meet with you tonight. And that He would deposit some faith within everyone tonight, that you would leave so confident knowing, Jesus, you tell a greater story. And I believe tonight that there's someone here who, who maybe doesn't know Jesus and you've heard about this, you're like, Josh, that sounds good. But I don't know this guy. Well, friend, all you need to simply do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ could be your Lord and Savior. And I may not, may not necessarily be able to see you with my eyes, but I believe God sees you right here in this moment. And if you want a relationship with Jesus, that's on offer. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to try and earn God's love. He demonstrated for it for us on the cross. We have people who would love to pray with you. They're going to, the team are going to be walking around with their glow lanyards. And you can text the number in front of you. And we would love a team to pray with you in this moment. And so as we sing and as we worship, let's fix our eyes upon Jesus and have a great hope because He tells the greatest story that there's ever been.